outside And I'm feeling like stripes They hitting on me and my homie Cause our minds not enlightening They mad cause we just got the passion Never slacking or lagging The funny thing is step up to us You know we bout that action But look All right, welcome back to the Savant Podcast. Here at the Savant Podcast, we fulfill your pop culture needs every week, including artist interviews, sports talk, streaming talk, album and song reviews, and video games. And today we'll be doing a Super Bowl 57 review. Uh, so that was last week at State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona. Uh, it was actually the first time uh, two brothers were facing off in the Super Bowl. Uh, with uh, Philadelphia center Jason Kelsey and Kansas City tight end Travis Kelsey uh, becoming the first uh, brothers to play against each other. Uh, but it was also the first time uh, the top seeds uh, played in the Super Bowl since 2017. And there was also uh, some uh, rivalry with, between the coaches with Hall of Fame, future Hall of Fame coach Andy Reid uh, playing his former team, the Eagles, with the uh, Eagles coach Nick Sirianni was actually the quality control and offensive coach for the Chiefs from 2009 to 2013. Uh, and when Andy Reid was hired in 2013, he decided to uh, not retain Sirianni, uh, but there was no hard feelings. Uh, but uh, So a lot going into the Super Bowl, and it definitely delivered and paid up uh, to the expectations with you know Patrick Mahomes' future. People call him you know one of the most talented quarterbacks ever, players ever. I think after this Super Bowl, definitely heading to the Hall of Fame as the Chiefs beat the Eagles 38-35. to uh, Issue, you actually had the Eagles winning 38-35 to in our uh, preview with Hurts winning the MVP. So yeah, the Eagles definitely could have kicked a field goal at the end and Hurts would have won the MVP. And arguably, like Hurts could have won the MVP uh, based on his numbers. Uh, but you had to give it Mahomes just with the uh, the injury that we'll get to. And we'll get to all the stats in a bit here. But Issue, just give your thoughts on, you know, going into the game, everything that was at stake, the two top two teams, top team in the AFC, top team in the NFC. Uh, you know, the Eagles kind of, they were in the Super Bowl with Nick Foles against the Patriots winning uh, not too long ago. Uh, but now they're back with a new quarterback, new coach. Uh, some similar guys on the defensive end. Uh, but what was your thoughts going in? And uh, yeah, you're pretty accurate on the score here. I have to say, just miss the team. Like just regarding the game in general, it was um interesting. I knew coming into the game that it would be a high scoring game, and that was proven right. It was a lot of exciting things I, I seen from Brown, from the Eagles. Jalen Hurts had an amazing game. Patrick Mahomes had an amazing game as well. So it was just interesting that by the end of the game that. The, the field goal was kicked by the Eagles, and I was a little upset with the decision that they made to throw the flag. I feel like they should have just let it play out because the game the game was close, and this was probably one of the closest Super Bowls I've seen. Um, the last few Super Bowls I've seen, it wasn't as close as this, like a one-possession type of game where it could go either way, and depending on what team makes the right plays, will win the game. So it was really exciting to see for the first time, and I really wanted to see that game play out, but nonetheless, like, 
I feel like the Chiefs did they they did their job as well, and I feel like we, we got to give them credit where credit is due. And I think I just want to give praise to Patrick Mahomes right now for being one of the greatest quarterbacks I've ever seen play um, at this level. And I think like even with the ankle injury, I think he got hurt during the Super Bowl a little bit, and he was a little like he was real banged up. I don't think he was a hundred percent in the Super Bowl. So the fact that he he wasn't a hundred percent and Jalen Hurts was a hundred percent. Compared to him, and, and he was able to still produce with his team. Kelsey had an amazing game, and just to see that that Chiefs offense really turn around. Because I remember a few years ago, it was like the Chiefs, maybe not, maybe almost like about a year ago, we were like reviewing the stats, and we kind of went over like how the Chiefs are might be making a decline, and we wanted to kind of put notice on that. But now it seems like they really opened up the offense by by letting go of uh, Tyree Killer Cheetah. Shout out to him. And I think that they definitely played an amazing game. And it was a high-scoring game like I predicted. I was just upset that it was the opposite of just literally the opposite, like the way I called the game. It was just literally opposite in favor of the Chiefs. But nonetheless, it was a good Super Bowl, and I had fun from watching it. But I'm passing back to back to you, Stikes. Yeah, it honestly could have gone either way at the end there. Uh, but yeah, shout-out to Harrison Butker, uh, kicking the field goal with eight seconds left. You know, if you're watching the game, he missed a field goal in the first half so yeah it would have been a different game had he made that field goal the eagles yeah they would have been more aggressive because they would have been down at that point on their last drive but yeah shout out mahomes the mvp uh, his second super bowl mvp uh but yeah he was 21 for 27 182 yards three touchdowns so not mahomes like numbers but if you watch the game he was just so consistent and you know he threw two fourth quarter touchdowns and then on the final drive his 26 yard run and like as you said you know last play of the second half he got taken down and it looked like you barely walk off the field he was like you know screaming and pain on the sideline and then you know he comes up with this 26 yard run uh to set up the game winning field goal and yeah shout out jalen hurts you know issue had him as the mvp and he played like one as he was 27th for 38, uh, 304 yards, one TD, uh, throwing three rushing, uh, which is incredible. I'm pretty sure that's a, a record. Uh, and uh, 70 rushing yards. Uh, but yeah, you, you got to give it to the Chiefs. They're down 24 to 14 at halftime. Uh, the Eagles' offense, they looked unstoppable. You know, issue shot it up Brown. Uh, he caught that big touchdown in the first quarter with, you know, two defenders on him. But, you know, with Mahomes limping off in the end of that second quarter, you know, you saw it and before the last, actually the last touchdown the Eagles got before uh, the end of the second half, you saw Chris Jones, their D-line star, uh, you know, who was top three for defensive player of the year, was seen, you know, screaming at his teammates trying to get them uh, into the game. And I, I tweeted that uh, being the turn, TSN turning point. And I remember seeing that and I was like, Yo, this is where they turn it around. If they turn around, this is like that was a reason why they helped. Uh, but I just think you know Andrew Reid, his experience being in the situation before, but being in the game for you know forty years practically, uh, he just simply outcoached you know the Eagles staff uh, and Sirianni uh, as you know they got the run game going. We'll get to that, and yeah, every passing play in the second half seemed like it was wide open. Uh, but yeah, what do you think about that big drop off from that Eagles uh, offense in the second half? Do you think it was more of that Chiefs defense or do you think it was, you know, maybe the Eagles, they got too confident and because, yeah, they were able to make plays in the second half, but 
the Chiefs just control the clock. But uh, yeah, what was your thoughts on that big difference in that second half? Yeah, like in the first half, definitely were like you definitely seen that the Eagles offense was definitely up and running. They were ready to get the game started and get the flow of the game. And they had to lead a few times. And that's when I tweeted. And Jalen Hurts threw that long Hail Mary. I think it was like a Hail Mary pass and it was a touchdown. That was amazing. I was hyped when that happened. I definitely think when we reached the second half of the Super Bowl, I feel like they made a few minor mistakes that kind of messed them up. It was a few passes and decisions. I was like, that's like questionable plays that they would make. And I kind of figured they would, you know, throw the ball more. But I feel like they was a few messed up passes, a few missed catches. But I definitely think at the same time, you got to point out that Chiefs defense definitely did really step up the game. And they once they put the pressure on the Eagles in the second half, it was like the Eagles were hanging on just by a thread. And then towards the last minute, the way the game was, it was like pretty much like the clock was going down as well. It was just it pretty much worked in the Chiefs' favor because we, I feel like the the, the Eagles were supposed, we could have got like a couple touchdowns more and then we probably would have been good. But once the Chiefs kind of controlled the clock and, you know, they did their thing on the defensive and they were able to, able to easily, you know, finish the game. And I just, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was tough. Yeah. Speaking of you, when you said Chiefs pressure, uh, yeah, they definitely brought that pressure to Jalen Hurts as, yeah, they were bringing, you know, multiple blitzes in that second half. Even back-to-back plays, they would bring the blitz as, yeah, longtime defensive coordinator uh, Steve Spagnuolo, after getting beat in the first half, like, pretty bad, you know, giving up, you know, 24 points. And the the over for the Phillies points in the whole game was 25 and a half, and they gave up 24 in the first half. So, yeah, he definitely... Definitely there there was some yelling at the defense, but you know, you saw Chris Jones yelling at, at like I said before. Uh I don't think motivation was needed from the coach. But yeah, this Chiso line, like what they did against this, you know, notorious Eagles D line all time, you know, top three uh behind, you know, those infamous Bears defenses back in the day in sacks uh in a regular season. But they gave up zero sacks to the Eagles. You know, they just held in stayed in there, held in there. Uh, you know, Mahomes ran for 44 yards, even, you know, Pacheco, McKinnon, they combined for 100 yards on the ground. And Mahomes, you know, he's the first uh, to, you know, win a regular season MVP and a Super Bowl MVP in the same year since Kurt Warner in 99. And, you know, that was kind of looked at as bad juju uh, going into the game. Um, and, you know, you guys, you guys are probably wondering why we haven't talked about the big controversy yet. And yes, we're going to get to that right now. Um, you know, so after that big run from Mahomes in on the final drive, you know, with 144 to play, uh, scores tied up 35 all. And, you know, the Chiefs are third and eight, you know, they are at the Philly 15. So they could, they could kick a field goal from there at fourth down. But at the same time, you know, people are like Philly fans, I should say, or even just all fans in general who don't want, you know, maybe the Chiefs dynasty to happen, uh, that Bucker could have missed another field goal. Uh, but when it happened, so James uh, Bradbury, Eagles cornerback, he, you know, he grabbed the jersey of Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, speaking of Juju, before Mahomes overthrew him. And this has happened for years, you know, I've been watching the game, where there's a pass interference and the ball is clearly out of reach, is not going to be cashed, but they still call it. And this gets called in, you know, pretty much every game, you know, there is. And yes, sometimes it does get called, sometimes it doesn't. You know, there was tons of photos on Twitter. And yeah, the referees are human beings and make mistakes. 
Bradbury even admitted after the game that he held him. Uh, but during the game, it was quite an uproar as even LeBron, you know, chimed in. Uh, but issue, obviously, you know, you picking Eagles to win 38-35, I imagine you were upset about it. But looking back, you know, seeing that Bradbury, you admitted that he held him. I do think that Juju tweeting at him and, you know, saying all that stuff, like, Juju is like, yeah, like A.J. Brown said, like, he would have been nowhere without Pat Mahomes. And that that is true. Like, if he, you know, didn't, he wasn't going to go to the Eagles, I don't think. So who else were, would he have gone to get to the Super Bowl? Uh, but, yeah, what was your thoughts on that, you know, controversial play? And then, you know, everyone kind of chiming in as, you know, people were saying it ruined the Super Bowl. Uh, but looking back, it was, he did hold, hold the jersey, and that is in the rule book, technically. Yeah, he, he did hold the jersey, and i seen him hold the jersey, you know, a little bit. But the reason I was upset, and I think it, it, it's, like, controversial, is because it's, like, it made it so anticlimactic. It was like, okay, all right, the Super Bowl's over now. And I really was expecting to have one of those big moments on on television that makes history where we see, you know, an amazing play by either team to win the game and just see that play be, like, reviewed and, and, and shown throughout the year when we look back at this Super Bowl. I think that would have made this Super Bowl stand out and make it its own special thing because this would have been the Super Bowl where two of the top teams and their respective conferences come come together and it ends in this big anticlimactic finish. So, but nonetheless, it was it was still a good game and technically that is a part of the rules. So they could have called it, but I think if he wouldn't have been able to catch the ball, what was like what was kind of the point? If he even if he you know would have still been able to run, maybe Patrick Mahomes did overthrow a little bit, but. Uh, yeah, I just, it was just tough to watch. Yeah, for like a game of that magnitude to end like that, like I totally understand that, you know, it's very much like, you know, the penalty kicks in the World Cup. People were very upset about that. Like, how does this happen? And uh, I agree as well. You know, I've, I've most, a lot of my friends play soccer and I don't know, penalty shootouts are entertaining. Like if you've ever played soccer, it's, it's fun back in the day, you know, being able to actually kick in it. I'm not saying I was. Uh, back in the day you know watching it too is is still entertaining at the same time I would even say penalties like in the game like I find uh least entertaining they should do golden goal at the end of the day if you don't know what golden goal is in FIFA it's just essentially overtime uh you keep going but I guess the the worry would be the games would just keep going yeah but you you would just have to figure that out the Super Bowls don't go forever and and they wouldn't end in a tie but yeah, unreal Super Bowl, one of the best. And, you know, we're going to get into the numbers viewership wise. So Fox had the rights this year for the Super Bowl. Uh, it was the third most watched television show of all time. And all the articles say television show of all time, but it's the third ranked Super Bowl as like the top 30. I think there there's only one non-Super Bowl. I might mean the top 50. There's only one non-Super Bowl in terms of like most watched television show in the United States, but it's the highest uh, Super Bowl numbers in the last six years uh, and second highest viewed on Fox. Um, but it's the most streamed uh, Super Bowl ever, which is no surprise there. Had the average audience of 113 million and the Apple Music halftime show, uh, formerly the Pepsi halftime show featuring Rihanna, drew an average of 118.7 million viewers, which is second all time. Uh, to Katy Perry. Yeah, Katy Perry's all right. You know, I definitely prefer Lady Gaga over Katy Perry. 
But uh, yeah, definitely should have gone Rihanna over Katy Perry. What were we doing there? But uh, yeah, issue. What are your thoughts on the numbers? You know, it being Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. You know, the first uh, we, we should have mentioned this at the beginning. The first African American quarterbacks going against each other in the Super Bowl, uh, which was also big. Also, um, it's about time, I should say, as you know, the CFL, the Canadian Football League. I think all the way back to early 80s, late 70s in their championship games. They had two uh, African-American quarterbacks going against each other, including multiple years in the 80s uh, going back. Uh, But yeah, what were your thoughts on the viewership-wise, the commentating, and just the overall performance? We'll get to the halftime show and the production in a bit, but just like in terms of like Fox's production and the viewership. I think it was a great installment in the Super Bowl series from Fox. It was a very entertaining game. And I, I can't deny that. I definitely can't deny that. It was, it was an amazing game. I liked it, the presentation, all the stages, and the way everything looked, it was amazing. And to have two quarterbacks um, of African-American you know, coaches, it's just good for the culture. And it's an amazing thing to see you know, two, two black quarterbacks go at it because that's nothing I've never seen before. And that just makes the, the love for the game more inclusive to everyone. And it was, it was just an amazing Super Bowl. And that was one of the more memorable Super Bowls. And I think I enjoyed this one. I enjoy certain aspects of this one better than last year, but the reason I I, I may I enjoy last year's more than it, it we'll, we'll explain it when we get into the next segment. But nonetheless, this was a great installment. I think this was a this was an entertaining game, and I I don't think people could deny that. Yeah, it was definitely uh, very entertaining. You know, at the end of the day, uh, the NFL. If you know, you look at you know their SEC documents, uh, they are an entertainment company at the end of the day, and. Uh, a number of weeks ago, the Arian Foster kind of interview about, you know, the, the NFL script before the year was going viral. That's not real. Like, let's just get that out of here. I think a lot of people have fallen for that, that, you know, the NFL is all fake. At the end of the day, like the, the some of these games do come down to the calls and that it, that is unfortunate, but that happens in all these different sports. And even with reviews, a lot of times it's not even overturned, even if you have a review. Uh, but one day we'll have no refs and it'll just be all automated AI. I think that that that's coming as uh, this year in the minor league baseball system is going to be all AI kind of uh, umpires, I should say. Uh, but let's get to the halftime show. Uh, so yeah, low key letdown. Uh, and this is no disrespect to Rihanna, her music. I love Rihanna's music. I love the music. Watching her sing it, you know, her vocals are great. Even though like. Arguably, some lip syncing going in there. I could hear her here and there. For the most part, I should say. I shouldn't say here and there. Uh, but I, I just think the production, it fell flat a bit compared to years past. Compared to you know the previous years that Rock Nation has put this on and Jay-Z has put this on, it just fell flat. And especially with some of the dancing, I think the choreography was lazy. Uh, and that's not... I'm not even saying that's against Rihanna. I'm saying that's against whoever did the choreography or put that together, just lazy. I think there should have been more like uh, costume design or costume switches from the dancers, not Rihanna, because she was pregnant. I'm not, you know, trying to get her to do more. I understand that she was pregnant, and, you know, they announced that after. But I just think the production value and the stage, and I think the weekend one was, I remember that being crazier, the Shakira, uh, especially. Yeah, I think they definitely could have gone better. And, and I don't think there should have been guests either. 
I think if I do think if Kanye was in trouble, I think him and Jay Z would have came on for like Run This Town. I think that was or or all the lights Kanye would have came on, and that's the only guest that would have come on. And then maybe Drake would have come on too, and that would have been that would have been like the biggest guest to come on a Super Bowl. But I think it would have been just weird if Jay Z just came on, especially like people were calling him old at you know the uh, the Grammys. And uh, yeah, she's pregnant for the second time. It was announced after. Congrats to her and ASAP. Uh, but issue, what was your thoughts on the halftime show? And it was her first show in like since like 2018 or maybe even before that. But her past shows, Rihanna, it's a spectacle, you know. It's and past Super Bowls, yeah, like you know she went up and down that. But like Lady Gaga went all the way up to the top, you know. And she, yes, she was pregnant. She couldn't do much. But it's like I think they should have put in a bit more instead of just focusing on using Rihanna's Rihanna and the platform. And then also she signed to rock nation. So that's convenient too. But yeah, what were your overall thoughts ish? I just think it was a decrease in production. I don't think it was as exciting as last year was. And yeah, I feel like you could have brought out guests for Rihanna, but I feel like Rihanna is the artist who's capable. She doesn't need guests for her Super Bowl to be a good Super Bowl. It was just a matter of how they we're going to, you know, it was just a matter of how they used her and stuff like that. And I feel like if they used Rihanna in a better way, maybe use more costume designs from from her choreographers, and her dance team, and or maybe even incorporating different stage, uh, different stage designs that could have uh, helped change the way it looked. And if they did want to bring out guests, I think if they would have did Drake, Kanye West, or even Jay-Z, it would have been bigger. Because I just feel like last year, when you think about who we had, we had Snoop. Mary J. Blige, we Eminem, Fifty Cent, we had all Kendrick, we had all these different artists coming out, and some of them were surprises, some of them we knew were coming. I just think it was a decrease in production value, and I feel like they could have used Rihanna in a different, more creative way to still make her the center of the show because I feel like she is capable of doing a Super Bowl alone. But it was just the way they put it together; it just seemed kind of like last minute. Yeah, and I've seen a lot of. Uh, Rihanna greater than Beyonce going around out there and I would agree with that I think that's I bought but by a little bit and they're totally two different artists and I guess similar lanes people want to put them in pop you know I guess you can give I'll give you that if you want to put in that but uh, I find their music very different very very different and uh, I think yeah I agree with you it was right to have known casts I think and yeah who knows maybe if Kanye was in trouble they wouldn't have any of them uh, and who knows, maybe Kanye would have gone by now with his, you know, friendship. And maybe if he didn't throw away his friendship with Jay-Z for that bit, he would have performed by now. But, uh, yeah, moving on from Kanye, uh, on to, uh, before we move on ball, uh, we're gonna talk Chiefs dynasty. So yeah, the Mahomes, Kelsey, Reed era, they're two and one in the Super Bowl. Uh, they've been to five AFC championships and yeah, Mahomes, you know, it says six seasons, but his first year he played one game. Uh, when Alex Smith was the starting quarterback. Uh, but every year he's been at the AFC Championship, has been to three Super Bowls. And the teams that have something to say are definitely going to be the Eagles. They're not going to go away. I'll definitely agree with that. I think the 49ers, you know, their quarterbacks, uh, Brock Purdy, you know, the Mr. Irrelevant, you know, went undefeated until, you know, he played the Eagles. Uh, he has a UCL injury, has surgery for that. So they're going to go with Trey Lance going to next year. Uh, who knows? Maybe they'll make another move, but I do think they're gonna stay with stick with Trey Lance just for the amount of draft picks they gave up to got him, get him. Because uh, I do think the 49ers, if they were completely healthy, Jimmy G's moving on. I think his in 
him and uh, Kyle Shanahan's relationship has uh, gone sour as, yeah, Kyle Shanahan admitted that Jimmy G is not coming back. So we'll see where Jimmy G ends up. Uh, so stay tuned for like more uh, off-season podcast information. We're going to do a draft uh, preview for the draft coming up soon. Uh, but yeah, other than the 49ers, you got the Bills, Bengals. Uh, we'll have something to say about that. You know, the Bengals being at the AFC Championship the last few years. I think the Bills are gonna they're gonna have to do something, you know, not super drastic, but I think they're gonna have to bring in a big time uh, running back. I mean, who knows? Maybe Saquon. And uh, I know I know the Giants are gonna win Saquon. Um, as other teams on this list, you know, you got the Jags, the Chargers, Cowboys. Who knows about the Cowboys? But also Vikings, uh, Dolphins, and uh, your Giants. Uh, but yeah, what do you think about the potential for a Chiefs dynasty? I do think the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, Eric. Uh, BME uh, leaving is might affect this. Uh, but yeah, what teams do you think pose the biggest threat to the Chiefs in the next five years? I say the Eagles aren't going anywhere. Uh, I think they're going to be competing with the Chiefs next next season deep. It's going to be an interesting um, storyline for the NFL. So not only not only the Eagles, I'm going to say the Bengals. I think Jacksonville surprised me. Um, Jacksonville definitely surprised me this season. The Bills are definitely going to have to do something big this offseason for them to really compete because it's been it's been years now. They should have been made it. So now I want to see what they want to do. Maybe even the Vikings, we might see something from them. I don't know. The Vikings, they look like a nice team on the rise. But definitely, I say the top three, the Eagles, Bengals, and I want to say, I want to say maybe the Jacksonville Jaguars because they surprised me this season. Yeah. Yeah, I, I low-key like the Jags, too. Just the the poise Trevor Lawrence, you know, showed in those playoff games. I was just so shocked. The way he looked, the way he was down uh, in, in that the Chargers game and just willed his way back through four picks in the first half. Who would have thought? You throw four picks in the first half, you're not winning that game. I think I think the record was probably, you know, maybe we'll look at it in the offseason, but I think that that was a, a uh, 0% record before that but i i do agree with you i i think josh allen is still he's still top five in terms of like qbs but they they need to make a difference i think they have to invest in a, a second wide receiver behind Diggs, like a legitimate one i don't know if gabe davis is that guy that you can turn to or maybe you just gotta get maybe like josh allen was in his head in that game against the Bengals. um you know just in the environment they're playing the snow uh because joe burrow joe burr he's that dude too and i think in terms of that dude, I think, yeah, Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Jalen Hurts. I think, yeah, you got to put those guys over uh, Josh Allen right now. Uh, but that's enough football talk. We'll get to more in the offseason before the draft, especially. Uh, but now let's talk some NBA as uh, LeBron passed Kareem to become the all-time leading scorer in NBA history. The kid from Akron, Ohio. As uh, James, he sank a 21-foot turnaround uh, jumper with 10.9 seconds left in the third quarter at Crypto.com Arena on February 7th, 2023, giving him 16 points uh, in the period, uh, the necessary 36 in the game, and 38,388,000 points for his career, now more than any player in NBA history, but with uh, double-figure points in all but eight career games i'll repeat that uh, lebron has 
had double figures in points, so that's at least 10 points in all of his games, but eight career games, and scoring averages of at least 25 points per game in all 19 seasons since his rookie campaign in 2003 and 4. But James has consistently chipped away at the standard that Abdul Jabbar initially set in 1984 and continued to build uh, until his retirement in 1989. Uh, But if you're wondering how many games uh, LeBron played compared to Kareem to beat the record, so Kareem had 1,560 games with uh, LeBron uh, with 1,410 games. Yeah, so that's 150 less games uh, than Kareem to break the record. Uh, Before I get to issue your thoughts, uh, yeah, so 2003-2004, that was LeBron's first year. Uh, Ironically, that's one of the first years I was in elementary school. And yeah, I remember the first year that you were allowed to, you know, kind of put pictures on your desk and kind of decorate your desk. I played hockey at the time, so my favorite player was Alex Ovechkin. I also had Sidney Crosby on there. Uh, but LeBron was there one of his first years in Cleveland. I remember having his photo there. And since then, I've like LeBron has always been whatever team LeBron was on was my favorite team. Obviously, I'm from Canada, so I enjoyed uh, following the Raptors. You know, in the you know Chris Bosh era when I was younger, uh, Andrea Bargnani era, and you know when they won with Kawhi. But LeBron has always been that guy because he's. Uh, not only, you know, the best, you know, arguably the greatest athlete of, you know, my generation, uh, but also one of the greatest role models to be to be that popular in human history. You know, the fact that he hasn't gotten in trouble is is unreal. You know, the, the, the beautiful family he's got, the school he set up, you know, in Akron, his hometown. Uh, it's, it's very inspirational. Uh, from that standpoint, but issue, yeah, what were your thoughts on LeBron passing the record, and then, yeah, just uh, the significance of, um, yeah, you being born when LeBron was, like, entering the career, or entering the NBA, practically. Yeah, it's just crazy to think that 20 years ago, 20 years ago, when I was born, that LeBron James was just entering the league, and just seeing him throughout the years, LeBron has always been one of my favorite players, he's my favorite player of all time, he's the greatest of all time, and just to see him pass that milestone and the fact that he did that in 150 less games than Kareem. And at the same time, when you think about it, LeBron isn't the best shooter or whatever. It just goes to show that LeBron is a you know smart player. He's an amazing, amazing playmaker. Rebounds is crazy. And he just, he just, he's a good slasher. And he's just one of the greatest of all time. He's been the GOAT for a minute, but I think that this solidifies that he, this should solidify that he's the greatest of all time for those people who like to, you know, read stats and everything. Because me, I like to base it off of what you do off the court, you know, as well as on the court. And I think, you know, like you just said, opening a school and the charity and just everything LeBron has done off the court for the culture and just for the community in general, that that proves that he's one of the greatest of all time. And I think people should enjoy it. I think I'm, I'm enjoying LeBron while we got him because once LeBron is gone, we're never going to see a player of his stature and we're just never going to see another LeBron James again. So I'm just enjoying it because, you know, LeBron is up there and LeBron's getting up there in age and soon we might see him, you know, owning an NBA team or behind, you know, in management or something. So, you know, I'm just happy to see him play in the years that he's playing and he's still playing like he's in his 20s. It's just crazy to see. Yeah, he's probably only got three, four years left. He said by the time you know his son gets to the NBA, uh, that'll probably be his last year. And uh, yeah, I agree that probably that probably will be his last year. Uh, and yeah, we gotta enjoy greatness while it's still here, hundred um, percent. But yeah, stay tuned. We're gonna get into some more NBA talk soon with 
Beasy, talk about some trade deadline stuff, and then just uh, preview for uh, the playoffs in the end of the year, as it is All-Star Game Weekend, actually. Uh, but let's get to American Graffiti. Uh, so it's Issues' third LP that's been available since the beginning of January, uh, available on all streaming platforms, so go check that out. Uh, he's at about just over 45,000 streams on all platforms. Uh, it's his first album under our uh, myself and Issues uh, label, Savant Syndicate, that we've been planning for a long time, and uh, you guys will start seeing uh, more and more uh, videos on our social media. We'll get a uh, YouTube going. We're going to be working on a logo soon. Just kind of share the branded messaging that we want to get across with everyone. But yeah, everything you guys have heard so far on the Savant podcast is you know savant syndicate we have mentioned it uh multiple times i should say on but this is the first album uh that is being uh promoted under the savant syndicate uh company uh so we're both pretty proud of that and yeah it's issues best performing projects so far people are loving it uh it's getting posted on instagram stories played in people's cars and yeah issue once you uh talk about uh the love that project's been getting so far and what that means to you. Uh, and then, yeah, we got some music videos coming this year. So you guys can stay tuned for that. Um, and also an episode breakdown where we have everyone involved on the project uh, coming on and coming soon. But uh, yeah, issue, just give your thoughts on how the project has been doing a month in and what that means to you. Yeah, having this project be under our label and just having it be in for a month, seeing the streams that we got was definitely something interesting to see. And I knew coming into this, it was going to be an amazing year. And I feel like I made this project with feelings of happiness and joy. You know, we were promoting this album under the label now when we got production from other people who's been incorporated with the Savant Syndicate. So it was just interesting to see. Shout out to SV, SVB Productions for doing 50% of the production on the album and Random Newspaper for doing the other 50% of the production on the album. They really, those two really came together and really helped shape the majority of the album. And it was just crazy for them to help me make a complete boom bap, boom bap album. Because I remember talking about wanting to do a complete boom bap, bap album, I'm sorry, when I first started. Like, with just completely nice samples, boom bap drums, just grimy lyrics. Just something that inspires me by artists who inspired me. So to have those two come together and really, like, just step into my world to help bring my ideas to reality was everything. And shout out to Guhan as well, who worked on one of the tracks on the album is Stikes also did his thing on Cannoli, which is one of the like highest stream songs of the project. So the streams have been crazy. I, I've been loving the rollout. A lot of people are listening to it. It's, it's, it's just crazy. Like I really made a boom bap album and, and such a short amount of time. I made this in a couple months, but been planning it for almost like about a year now. So it's just crazy to have this out. And yeah, I'm, I'm American graffiti out now and available everywhere. Yeah. I remember when we played, uh ostentatious and welcome to ultra urban on like the first few episodes on the podcast uh you talked about having a boom bap album and, and yeah it's finally here uh but yeah shout out to svb shout out to random newspaper guhan yeah thank you for uh the kind words about my track but uh yeah go stream american graffiti we're gonna be doing lots of promo for it all year american graffiti season will be lasting for the remaining of the year, even till early next year, I think, with the videos, uh, potential tour. But yeah, we're going to be doing a lot of like uh, Instagram lives, YouTube lives, uh, getting into the uh, Twitch streaming world. So stay tuned for that. 
but before we end this episode, and uh, we're actually going to play a track from American Graffiti, I think just, um, you know, with the Super Bowl uh, element, the Chiefs beating the Eagles 38-35, to you know, LeBron becoming the all-time scorer. Uh, I think this is fitting. You know, we play Born to Lose, uh, Built to Win uh, by Issue High, per, per, produced by Guhan. Um, but yeah, Issue, any last words um, before we end this episode off? And uh, yeah, and uh, anything you want to add about uh, the track Born to Lose, Built to Win? Yes, Born to Lose, Built to Win. So for those who don't know, Born to Lose, Built to Win was actually a Hoop Dreams 2 ever track that never dropped in. I felt like it had a boom bat feel to it, so I just said, man, let me throw it on American Graffiti because people have been waiting for Hoop Dreams too, and um, I just wanted to bless the fans. So that's one of those um songs that I had in the vault for a minute, and I just decided to give it to you all. So here's Born and Loose Built to Win. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Gonna take my time, they really wanna take everything that's mine. I'm gonna take my time, they really wanna take everything that's mine. I'm gonna take my time, they really wanna take everything that's mine. I'm gonna take my time, they really wanna take everything that's mine. I write my wrongs and still they hating me. I flow up on these rap beats and stages, some shit they'll pay to Trying to get these scholarships, they hate to see me debt free. I'm hurting, then I'm working, they gotta see me look kept so happy. So much rejection these days, like I'm not working for it. But niggas who lack. Ambition is always ready for it. Ready Stop for playing it. with the issue. Pin game on a different planet. My spirit so poetic. There's no justice. Need my genie. I need a profit on profit. They get that million uh-huh. and stop it. I need my spirit and peace. Your energy's trying to block it. It seems like happiness is here today and gone tomorrow. Limited emotions. Releases so I don't drown in sorrow. I must maintain my focus to shine bright like a lotus. I'm so essential like rentals. Just get me where you need me. Where you yeah. One day they'll see me smiling on the TV with grimy niggas and labels just looking at me greasy. So independent when I blow, I like to do my life shit. I drop an album when I want, cause y'all think it's so shit. A bunch of friends, I just feel that I grew. I have no malice in my heart, y'all don't know what I've been through, but look. I'm gonna take my time, they really wanna take everything that's mine. I'm gonna take my time, they really wanna take everything that's mine. I'm gonna take my time, they really wanna take everything that's mine. I'm gonna take my time, they really wanna take everything that's mine. Yeah, now I'm dealing with these hoop dreams. Small group niggas, delusion, new Kentucky. I really see things, don't care about a big team. I think that lesson's more. They passing this shooter ball, they know that he gonna fucking score. Was born to lose, but built to win. This is the end, I can't pretend. Shout out to haters who said I. I would be your fuck up, you slipping So fucking envious and still not off my pivot You tripping Almost as busy on the verse but killing solo I'll get it, talk about trauma so much Because I'm real and I live it Just cancel culture, don't me shit Cause y'all the niggas that's biggest, let's get it I'm gon' take my time, they really wanna take everything that's mine. I'm gon' take my time, they really wanna take everything that's mine. I'm gon' take my time, they really wanna take everything that's mine. I'm gon' take my time, they really wanna take everything that's mine. I'm gon' take my time, they really wanna take everything that's mine. I'm gon' take my time, they really wanna take everything that's mine. I'm gon' take my time, they really wanna take everything that's mine. Yeah, I'm gon' take my time, they really wanna take everything that's mine. Yeah, I'm gon' take my time, they really wanna take everything that's mine. Was born lose then build the win i'm gonna take my time yeah yeah shut up my nigga smizzy man i'm gonna get you on the next one
it's a vlog season and I'm feeling like stripes They hitting on me and my homie cause our minds not in life They mad cause we just got the passion, never slacking or lagging The funny thing is step up to us, you know we bout that action But look